0: Hi friends. Welcome back. This is Jess. This is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, this week's episode is a bonus and it is a little bit longer because I really wanted to gift my single listeners or my girls who are in trash relationships and are afraid to be single with an episode that is reflective of my actual personal journey. Um, Obviously, a part of my wellness journey is my emotional wellness, and embracing my life as a single 32-year-old woman has been a huge part of that. Um, This episode features an interview with my really good friend, um, Shanie Silver, who is a writer and podcast host. Um, We met in the most me way possible, which you will hear about in the interview. She um, talks a lot about, talks and writes and interviews a lot in the space of, um, you know, emotional wellness surrounding being single and kind of changing the narrative of what we've been taught that that means or what that looks like. And she's been so instrumental in helping me learn to embrace and really love Um, This aspect of my life, this aspect of my journey, I've become very grateful and less fearful about life just by saying, you know what, this is not as bad as Twitter would have you think. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this interview and just, you know, hear her out, hear me out. I think we've been taught a lot of misinformation about the priority that romantic relationships are supposed to have in our lives. And I think that ends up shaping a lot of our choices and kind of makes us stay in relationships that we really shouldn't stay in because we have a fear of being alone, um, especially as we get older. And I just really want to share some of the things that I've learned from her and from my own life um, for this Valentine's Day week and i know that that can be a really triggering time for people who are partnered um like myself so this is my valentine's day gift to you guys um as a part of this week's bonus um i also did a couple of youtube videos about how to be happy single um there are going to be links to those episodes in this bio And I also just really quickly, because again, this episode is kind of long, um, this week's fashion tip is if you have extra money, as income tax season is coming up, if you have some extra cash and you see something that you really, really love, but you feel like I don't have anywhere to wear that to, that's too like fancy, it's too formal, that's too whatever, I don't have anywhere to go, buy the shit and find somewhere to go if you want to wear it to go to the liquor store you do that shit do not deny yourself good fashions because you feel like your life has not caught up to your taste in clothing i do it all the time sometimes i walk into my day job wearing full-on sequins and hoes be mad i can be fancy whenever i want to be i dare you to say something anyway that's your fashion tip buy what you want to buy if it moves you Energetically, that is a sign that you need to either create an opportunity or that an opportunity is coming for you to wear that thing, bro. So, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure that you are signed up for the wellness newsletter and like, comment, subscribe, and share. And I will check back with y'all soon. Alrighty, enjoy. I'm so excited and honored and a little tipsy. To introduce you guys to today's guest, my beloved friend, Shaney Silver. Oh, hi. Writer, podcast host, um, bad bitch extraordinaire, creator of random um, affirmations throughout my day.
1: These are nicer things than anyone has ever said about me, by the way. Maybe not to your face. Best intro.
0: Maybe not to your face. (laughs) Shaney, tell the people who you are, what you do, and why.
1: I am... A writer. Mm -hmm. Who I am is also what I do, conveniently enough. Um, I live in Brooklyn. I'm a writer. I'm a podcast host. I have a series on Refinery29 called Every Single Day. I have a podcast called A Single Serving Podcast. I have a website called That's Those are the key components, I think. Why do you do these things, Shaney? I don't think I have a choice. I have been writing since I was six, and i started at 6 because that's when i learned how to form sentences mm-hmm. it's just what i've always done i there was a hiatus wherein my family told me writers don't make money and i decided to go be a lawyer instead but that didn't work out so now i'm a writer again which is what i was always meant to be i think it's just i think when you know what you are it is what you are i don't think i have a choice i'm happiest when i'm writing i'm the most full of purpose when i'm writing there isn't any doubt i think that's what it is when i write there isn't any doubt that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm learning that there are other things that fill me with as much purpose as writing does. Uh-huh. Podcasting, for sure. Right. I've always had, like, a some leaning toward education and, like, teaching, but I, I never leaned into that. Again, because I was raised, teachers don't make money. But also teachers teach children, and like, ew.
0: Fuck so. that. You have taught me so much about <laughs> learning how to be happy while single. Like, I don't think that desire ever left you. Um, Shani has been instrumental in me learning how to lean into um, a part of my identity as a single woman especially being from the south all of my friends are married or in very committed relationships and those things can make you feel really isolating so it was very serendipitous we met via twitter while live tweeting the met gala that is the most me way that i could ever make a friend um, our mutual love of the patron saint of single bitches, Tracy Ellis Ross.
1: Her holiness. Her w- holiness. W-H-O-L-E.
0: It's how we met. And we have like been talking ever since. I was on Shaney's podcast a while ago and we were talking for what, like an hour and a half after we recorded. Yes. Um, I think sometimes in life you just meet people who get you and it's one of god's greatest gifts is when you meet a person who just fucking gets it Shani is one of those people for me so i wanted to introduce you guys to her my beloved not Carrie bradshaw audience um some of my friends have been hearing me talk about you for a while and i'm pretty sure they think that you're an imaginary person <laughs> but you do exist unless this is like the sixth sense and i'm actually sitting here talking to myself which is fine um <laughs> So, before we get into like the serious slash funness of singleness, we both have a mutual love of television. We do. What are you watching?
1: So, I've thought about this question a lot, and I would like to tell you what not to watch. Ooh. I would like to save you from the frustrations I have felt lately in television. So, okay. I love a wide variety of television. I will say that my favorite kind tends to border on just completely, like, fantastical sci-fi out of this world. If I'm going to sit down and watch television, I want to be transported. I don't want to watch real life because I live it. Okay. So I tend to want to watch something with like a good dragon or perhaps. A good dragon. And perhaps. Has magic. there ever been a bad dragon? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but in general, I also like, I like creativity. I like storytelling and I'm willing to like watch all kinds of stuff across a wide spectrum of TV and I think it's nice that streaming services have allowed us a lot more access to a lot more content. Right. Um, in binge format, so I don't yes. have to sit through commercials or weeks of time before right. I can watch something. That being said, lately, I have watched two shows, and the first time it happened, I was just like, okay, maybe it's just like, you know, television is allowed to end badly. Like, it happens all the time. And the second time I watched another series that did something similar to me, I was like, is this a trend because I'm upset? Also, can I swear? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was very upset by these two shows because I love mystery, and I love twists, and, like, Suspense. Suspense. And, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. If you are going to tie the knot, untie it at the end. Oh, okay. If you don't resolve the conflict you built in, if you don't give me something, if all you've done after taking 10 hours of my time sitting on my ass is set up season two, Mm. we have a problem. Okay. So I watched Messiah because I liked the premise. Okay. And I definitely liked the cast. Watching Hebrew spoken on television was a delight for me, it was fantastic. Um, But when that show ended, I was left with so much unanswered what, I wasn't satisfied by the show that I had watched. Is this, like, how we felt about Game of Thrones? No. Game of Thrones can go fuck itself, quite frankly. Um, Have you
0: realized that all we used to talk about, like, for a very long time was Game of Thrones? Like, collectively, all people would talk about was Game of Thrones, and now we act like it's an X that none of us ever knew.
1: Yeah. Because of of how shitty
0: it ended.
1: Yeah. Okay. You could have been one of the greatest of all time, and you chose... To do what you did, so.
0: you chose to fuck us, is mm-hmm. what you did. In yeah. the words of Selena Meyer, "I still love Veep. Um, you fucked us, you is fuck what me. you did."
1: <laughs> I gave you what eight good years, and mm. this is. how I, I read know. the books, Shani. <gasps> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Back to you. So Messiah didn't resolve enough to make me want to come back. Okay, I won't watch season two. Okay. And then I watched a show called RS. RS is Netflix's first. Dutch television show. Okay. So the, it's dubbed in English, it's a Dutch show. Okay. And the premise was fascinating to me. It was about, like, this underground secret society, and it also had, like, like plot undercurrents of, like, social justice reform and all kinds of stuff. Like, really cool, really cool storytelling. Okay. Presumably. hmm When it ended, I was like, what the fuck is the end? What gotcha. is happening? Gotcha. Like... I don't like unresolved. It's just... It's, uh... You know when you don't have an orgasm? Or, like, a sneeze that never comes? Yeah, that. You know? Yeah, that's what these shows were doing to me, and I was very upset. Because they were beautiful in the during part. They were gorgeous. The cast were fantastic. Yeah. was really great. Yeah. But at the end, I just don't like walking away from something feeling like I've been had.
0: Mm, Mmm. That's my dating life. (laughs) Tell me more. Same. Yeah, so...
1: That's what I'm not watching right okay. now because I don't like when you hook me in and then never resolve anything. I feel gotcha. like you're wasting my time.
0: And some people feel like that's like a useful tool, that it's like poetic. Like I have a friend who's in um, the film industry. She's like in the theater. She's, you know, very serious thespian, um, but not in the obnoxious way. She's actually a delightful person. But she loved the way Game of Thrones ended because she thought that it was like poetic. And I was like, girl, fuck you. Like, no. <laughs>
1: it was terrible. Mm-mm.
0: You, so brand, so don't bother, don't, don't brand. But that they called him brand the broken. I'll, you know what? That is ableist. <laughs> don't bring ableism into fucking a fantasy world. If you can build a fantasy world, you gonna build in ableism, bitch. What? I, am I'm, up, I'm upset. I'm
1: upset.
0: Let's not go there. Okay. No, no. Um, to circle back, <laughs> get back on track. We have been drinking mimosas. <laughs> Um, we used mango juice because mango is the best fruit God ever gave us. Mm-hmm. Can you even deal with how good a mango is? I can't get into it. Anywho, I remember in my life very specifically the series of events that led to me realizing being single ain't so bad. In fact, I might really like it. I might even prefer it. Do you recall what led you here Moreover, what led you to say, bitch, let's talk about it.
1: Yes, I do. How did we get here? We got here um, after I had been single for something like seven or eight years, maybe longer. I'm not sure. I've been single for it'll be twelve years in April. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, I remember being in my early thirties and sitting in the back seat of my mom's car. I was home visiting for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I don't. The thought just kind of popped into my head. It didn't. Nothing caused it. It just showed up. Mm -hmm. And it was just the thought that, like, I can stop waiting for my life to start. Ooh. Like, my life already exists, Mm. and I am so tired of playing it like it's not started yet. Because if that was the way I was thinking about it, I was being lapped. I was being lapped by everyone around me. They were partnering and marrying and having babies and buying homes. And I felt like I was chained to some starting line. And I couldn't get away. Mm. And that was the moment where the chain broke, I guess. And I realized, like, this is a valid life. And I get to live it as such.
0: It's a valid part of life, too. Mm -hmm. We don't... I think that we skip over or we look at um, single life as almost comical. Or, like, this part that kind of doesn't count. This part that kind of doesn't matter. But I think that making... Or something that you have even helped me to arrive at is that making the most of your life... Whether you're singled or partnered, but making the most of your life while you're single helps you to be a better partner when that comes because you're not looking
1: for someone to save you. Right. And if you happen to come to the place, and I hope that everyone does, where you like your life as a single person, you are so much less likely to get into a relationship that you shouldn't be in.
0: Oh, that was a leveling up for me. It was a leveling up for me where I realized... What it actually was, I was in my kitchen slash living room because I have, like, a one-bedroom slash studio, which I didn't know that it was a thing until I moved into one. But I was cooking something that I had no idea the fuck I was even making. It was, like, a whole new dish or something. I was listening to, like, some Anita Baker and some soft rock mixed in with, like, some trap music and (laughs) then also some 90s R&B. And I was just, like, very, like, in... My I was in I was at my home frequency and I was like I really like my life because I'm in an apartment that I never thought that I would have and never thought that I would be capable of sustaining a life by myself where I would live by myself and I would be doing really cool shit and knowing really cool people and when I realized I like my life exactly as it is, it changed my perception that When I meet someone, they have to actually be fucking fantastic to make me change any part of this. To make me change any part of the fact that sometimes, because I run hot like an old Chevy, so sometimes I walk in my apartment, I get to the end of the hallway, and I just take off all my clothes. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I need to, like, air out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, a really significant part of my day, and I can't be with somebody who does not respect that that's, like, part of my fucking day.
1: Not only respect, but look forward to.
0: You know, it's a gift, really. It is. Honestly. So, I stalk your podcast. Yay. um, Not only because you're my friend, but it's fucking awesome content. I
1: stalk your Twitter, because some of the first things I heard you say on Twitter were just so fucking funny. Like, it was just... it. it I like people who are funny inside.
0: Well, Shaney, I'm a ridiculous person. <laughs> My personality is made up of a bunch of personalities that I watched on TV when I was little because I lived in front of a TV, and also having ridiculous parents and hijinks in zip. I'm a ridiculous person.
1: We are all '90s babies. This happened, and then you you got it. You no, well, of course, we both got Tracy, but then you also understood how like drawn I was to that Lily Collins Priscilla moment. Mm. Like that, I like that. I like that. Someone who's like, yes, this aesthetic right here. Yeah, like, that's a moment.
0: I think. See, this is why I think that style and fashion are so important because I think that people can con people who connect on fashion taste, even if they don't have the same aesthetic for mm-hmm. themselves. If you just get it in a third party, like that means you and a person can connect like in a, in a whole other way. Right. Um, another thing that you've been talking about recently in your life is doing less. Yes, I had my first therapist. Many, many moons ago. Um, She was kind of misogynistic, but anyway. She made this point that when it comes to guys, the best thing to do is nothing. Mm -hmm. That was life-changing for me. How and why did you arrive at a place where you were like, I'm going to just back up from this. I'm going to do less.
1: I mean, one side of it is exhaustion and coming to the place where you realize like I don't have to do so much because mm. I've been doing so much for so long and I've had so little so let's try doing less and then the other side of that is like I have very default masculine energy and by masculine energy I mean the instinct to do and to make and Finks. to create and to Finks. build yeah. and I've needed to connect more with the feminine energy that I have that I've mm. just been quieting for a very long time mm. and that feminine energy is receptive it's designed to receive. Mm-hmm. It's designed to be calmer and softer and sort of, like, gentle and receptive. Mm-hmm. Like, letting things come to you.
0: You know, like Maleficent, when she was just chilling in her forest before she let that fuck boy come and ruin her life?
1: Men will be the end of us, let me tell you something. You know, go ahead, though. Um, after I watched the documentary, Amy, I was like, men will ruin us. And I texted that to my best friend, and she's like, I've been saying this since we were 25. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wanted to... Learn how to receive and not take on the responsibility of making everything happen. I wanted Mm. to let things happen. Mm. Um, I don't have to do everything in order to have
0: everything. Right.
1: You don't have to live that way. You can. It is possible to do less and have more. Mm -hmm. But we have not been raised that way.
0: We haven't. We have been hustle. Yes, and it's like I think that obviously. I think the secret to life is finding balance in all things. Like, there is no one answer to everything. I think that you do, especially with us being, like, freelancers, and you especially being a full-time freelancer, you have to have some hustle about you. You have to have some desire to get up and go and make it happen. But, and I've been talking about this, like, in terms of, like, my fitness journey. Just as much as it's important to do, it's also important to know when not to do. Because you end up wrecking yourself more by, like, pushing yourself so hard to do things that, like, if you zoom out, it's like, was that even fucking necessary? You know, like we go so far out of our way sometimes when, and I think sometimes getting up and moving, you miss something coming to you really easily. Yeah. Even the most fantastical things that have happened to me in my life came when I was not trying for it, was not expecting it. Like, when I interned at Oscar de la Renta, that's not something I could have ever put on a vision board. I could have never prayed for that. I could have never asked God, please. It just happened when I kind of took my hand off of things a bit. So I love that.
1: Um, You don't have to know what, your blessings are for them to come to you you don't have to Mm. put them on a vision board you don't have to list them out Mm. you can just energetically like let go and welcome them and know that there is good coming to you better than what you could devise for yourself Mm. anyway so why have to draft it all out and know everything why have to have everything planned out And want that to come to you or pursue that. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of freedom in letting go. And allowing for even better to come to you than what you had planned. Because I don't think that our plans are necessarily in charge.
0: (laughs) I don't think our plans are ever in charge. (laughs) Like I truly think that God has a good time looking at us. Like girl you thought. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) In the spirit of teaching bitches how to be happy while single. You have awesome recommendations of things, activities, pursuits that people can do that do not involve a digital device, that do not involve male energy, give the people some examples or some ideas of things that they can do just to have like some personal fulfillment, just to not feel like you're you're at a starting line and you're just like biding your time until someone comes and saves you. Yeah.
1: Well, the first step is we have got to stop assigning secondary goals to activities. Mm. Because I promise you, when a single woman goes out, there's whatever she's doing, and then there's a secondary goal of, and maybe I'll meet someone. Yes. And when you let go of, and maybe I'll meet someone, and just let the primary goal lead, you will come home a lot more satisfied and a lot happier. You ain't never lied. (laughs) sorry trigger (laughs) (laughs) so let it go stop treating every time you leave your front door as an opportunity to meet your husband Mm. I by the way I'm not saying anything that I didn't myself do for a fucking decade yeah so like I'm talking to my previous self as well and sometimes to my current self like I'm not a perfect person like I haven't you don't arrive somewhere and like nothing is ever wrong again right so I have to remind myself sometimes like not every party is an opportunity to meet your husband. Not every trip to Trader Joe's is an opportunity to meet your husband.
0: I love that we get sold that Ugh. that you're gonna like that you should like meet your person like in a grocery store. Bitch, I'm just trying to get food.
1: Dude, what do you want me to do? Logistically, what do you want me to do? Hang out for an hour in the dairy aisle with Annette. What do you want me no, to do? No,
0: Shaney, you were supposed to put on your skimpiest ensemble and you're supposed to tip around the fucking supermarket for hours on end. Until a dude comes and saves you, girl. Duh.
1: Do you see what these men shop for? Do you look, at <laughs> <laughs> Do you look in their basket? It's just like beef jerky and <laughs> like Tropicana. <laughs> My favorite was like I saw one one time that had like a respectable basket. And it was in his hand. He wasn't pushing a cart. If, it, if there's a cart, y'all run. Like, y'all... <laughs> But it was in his hand and it was like full of nutrients and i was like oh and i started like following his path and it was because he and his wife had like they were dividing and conquering the grocery list uh-huh. and each had a basket in their hand and she was doing one half of the store and he was doing the other half and they met up together and checked out
0: gotcha so
1: maybe maybe what we think it is it is you know mm. but yeah i i mean in general whatever your activity is leave the house and leave the house without the I don't know if it's like motivation or intention or what it is. Just stop treating everything you do as an opportunity to meet someone. And start treating everything you do as an opportunity to do a thing. Yes. Like I love long distance walking. I love going to dinner. I love going to shows. I love going to see stand up. I love um, I love going to the movies. Although I really just like going to movies by myself. It's, it's weird. It's-
0: you know what's funny? I used to be terrified to go to the movies by myself because I was like, bitch, think about it. You were sitting in a big, dark room with a bunch of fucking strangers. But then when you think about when you go to the movies with someone you know, it ain't like y'all can fucking talk. No, it's not like a social activity. It's not. So that's why I hate that dinner and a movie is a date idea because you can't fucking talk in a movie. If you talk in a movie, you're a horrible person and I should be able to bust you in the kneecaps. Correct. Yeah.
1: Which is why I like Alamo Draft House because there's a lot of...
0: Pre- Alamo Drafthouse is low-key our church. Go ahead, though. Correct.
1: <laughs> um, it is... It's originally from Austin, where I went to school. So I've been going to Alamo since, like, 2000. I'm obsessed with this place. I'm so new to it. Oh, it's literally my church. So I... I like that there's a lot of pre-show programming that's, like, hilarious. They do. Oh, my God. They're known for pre-show programming. That's fantastic. You can get there early. You can order a drink at your seat. You can order food as your seat if you want. And so let me say, the drinks and the food are fucking delicious. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. And then after the film, I also like that they have a really cool bar downstairs. The little book. wax museum Yay! thing is so freaky, but it's really cool. Yeah. It's insane. But it's a good place to just, like, go get a drink and talk about the movie afterwards. Or it's a great place to wait for your movie to start if you don't want to go sit down. Um, I just, I like that it's made a movie a more well-rounded experience and less about, like, waiting in lots of lines for very expensive films, sitting down in a dark room and then getting up and leaving. Like, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I went to a movie where I was not able to get a glass of wine. Mm. Gotcha. Just in general.
0: Right. It's like, why are we even here? Yeah. Um, some things that I am promising myself to do this year um, I have always two things that I will learn how to do before I die: is ride a horse and play piano. Um, those are on not. I may not learn how to be a fucking concert pianist because you know a bitch loves her nails, <laughs> but I do want to at least like get the groundwork. Um, I would really like to ride a horse. There's somewhere randomly not far from here where people just be on horses. And I'm like, <laughs> New York is a place where literally anyone can be anything. Because like, this is fucking New York. Why are on a horse? Um, and then also, I have always speculated that I might be really good at archery. <gasps> yes, I'm going to take archery classes. That sounds so fun. I... Have you okay this is kind of spacey but has it ever occurred to you that you could be like the world's greatest at something that you have literally never tried? Correct yeah. Like you could be like the world's foremost Jax player or some shit you know what I mean and it's like if you don't just try some shit how would you ever know? I really feel like I could quite possibly be an Olympic level archery ass bitch and I'm really gonna go try it.
1: And I want a full report
0: when you're done 100 It's speaking to my country as roots my great-grandmother used to make us bow and arrows out of like string and twigs and she would always tell us if you kill an animal you have to eat it anything you kill you have to eat so we never aimed at animals obviously because I wasn't finna eat no fucking squirrel on purpose <laughs> I did make a mistake and eat some rabbit at my grandma's house but I did not know it was rabbit it was fucking delicious there's nothing wrong with eating rabbit it was dumb yeah, I, it was. My God, I can't even think about it. I had a fucking rabbit when I was little, Shani. I was a bit traumatized. Anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is weird when you think about what we choose to pet and what we choose to eat. It's it's strange. You
0: know? It's strange. But then it was like somebody over Thanksgiving posted a picture of like a raccoon. Like a raw skinned raccoon. And I was like, fuck off. And then come to find out my uncle routinely makes raccoon meat. I had no idea we were that country. Yeah, I wish y'all could see Shaney's face. Um, I
1: mean, there's country, and then there's, you know what, sometimes people there's have There's fucking to eat backwoods. It. When you're hungry, you'll eat what they give you.
0: That is true, but we not that kind of broke in my family. <laughs> we ain't got to eat no fucking <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's a like, choice. It's a
0: full-ass choice. And I'm like, wait, he does what? And it's like, yeah, Charlie Rhonda, he'll make a raccoon a couple times a year. A couple times a year? How does he... How's he trapped? Though? Girl, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, Shouts out to my Uncle Charlie. He's a delight. I love you. Uh, <laughs> another thing that you have inspired me to do is to prioritize the events of coupled people a bit less. When I think about it, it was actually a huge accomplishment for me that I graduated from FIT. I graduated like magna cum laude, but I would not even let anyone make a big deal of it because I lived in like I call it my Hey Arnold apartment where I lived like at the top floor of like a brownstone. It was cozy for lack of a better word, but I was kind of embarrassed. I didn't want to invite people up from Atlanta to celebrate it with me or whatever. I I didn't feel justified in making a big deal of it if okay. I couldn't set other people out the way, you know that we as southern women want to set people out. But when it comes to other people's weddings or baby showers or things like that, I'm expected, you're just expected to be inconvenienced in the name of that other person's celebration. And one of the first things that we connected on or talked about, um, one of my first like vir- viral tweets was me saying, I'm not fucking doing it anymore. If anything, I have started demanding that my couple friends buy me more shit. Yes. Y'all got a dual income. Take care of me, ho. How... Can I, like, for my audience who has not gotten to that place yet, who still feels obligated, who still feels like it makes them a hater if they don't spend half a year of their salary celebrating someone's wedding, because wedding, the expectation for being a bridesmaid now is insane. I've spent well over, I can say safely, well over $3,000, and I have been in, like, four weddings. It's not a joke. Talk people through establishing the boundary of, I'm not going to continue spending money on things that are more important
1: to y'all. You can do two things. You can start saying no more often. Mm -hmm. Just learn how to say no. Practice. Maybe it's just one shower that you don't go to. Maybe it's one engagement party you don't go to. Maybe it's one... Just try. Mm -hmm. Practice and build up your trust muscle for being able to do more. Ooh, trust muscle. I like it. But also, it's not my phrase. It's Lacey Phillips' phrase. But... Um, the second thing you can do is start caring as much about your own feelings as you care about other people's feelings, Mm -hmm. um, and start learning from people who are doing what you want to do. First of all, you are already doing in a lot of ways exactly this, like registering for new bras, by the way.
0: Oh yeah. When I got my breast reduction, I told people buy me bras.
1: Like that move is so important on so many different levels. My podcast guest this week wrote a piece for the New York Times about saying no during wedding season and the sub-headline is it's a wedding invitation not a subpoena. I love that. There's we are taught to have one opinion and one opinion only when a wedding is coming up Mm -hmm. and that is a positive one Mm -hmm. but I can no longer operate that way because I know the divorce rate and I don't ignore it so don't come at me with happiness and rainbows and everything's going to be fine and everything's going to be expensive Mm -hmm. when I know the percentage of this lasting until I'm 40 or 50. Like, I... But we're not allowed to say that, right? We're not allowed to
0: No, you're not allowed to make those kinds of comments as a single friend because you're just making why can't you be happy for me? Oh, I'm thrilled for you. That doesn't mean No, I no, have no, to no, no. no. You. you have to be poor for a bitch for them to believe that you're happy. You need to lay a year of your life on the line for a bitch to believe that you're happy for them.
1: Go ahead though. I mean I'm currently living the situation, so it's ironic that we're talking about this right now. Mm. But there are very few people in my life that I will still do this for, mm-hmm. which is the benefit of being older. I'm thirty seven, so mm-hmm. there are fewer and fewer weddings that are happening, because most of them already have. Mm -hmm. um, The first round. (laughs) First round, yes. Um, But I think you will be less afraid to say no once you start trying. I did not attend my best friend on the planet. On the planet! I did not attend her bachelorette party, Mm -hmm. because I had already flown to Chicago from New York for the day she got engaged. I was like one of the surprises along the route of the engagement. Mm -hmm. And then I flew back to throw her a bridal shower. And I also flew to her wedding, which was in two different cities in Louisiana. So mm. There was a lot that I had done. Mm-hmm. And after I had thrown the bridal shower, I got home and we're about to turn around and go to Miami for a weekend for the bachelorette. And I'm like, I was in a very different financial place at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I cannot do this. I cannot afford this. Yeah, I just don't have it. It wasn't that I didn't want to spend it. I physically did not have the money. Right, And it was very humbling. And it, was, it made me very sad But you also realize, like, really quickly, like, it's fine, or they'd fly you out. Mm. Like, it's fine, or they'd fly you out. And then when I got home from her wedding, 30 days later, another one of our closest friends was getting married in L.A. That's another flight. That's another hotel room that I have to pay for alone. That's another set of lifts or renting a car. Yeah. And the cat sitter and all the food I'm going to eat out there that is not a part of the wedding. Like, the costs are astronomical. They're fucking astronomical, and I... I get very angry about it because they don't. It doesn't have to be this way, and it wasn't always. Bachelorette parties were a party. They were a weekend. Yeah, it wasn't always a weekend. Oh no,
0: flight. I was about to say no. Excuse me, and not a country flight. Right. You know, and I got fully kicked out of a wedding because of that. Because I was like, sorry, my sink gets possessed. If you guys can hear that, Um, I had two friends who got married. Months apart. So their bachelorette trips were months apart. Both were out of the country.
1: Out of the country.
0: Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I will still pay my part for you to go because you also have to pay for the bride to go. The bride isn't supposed to pay for her own bachelorette trip. And I said, you know, I'll pay for my part to go, but I can't afford to do both of these and also pay for a dress and also pay for the flights home for all these other things. And I was told, if you can't do everything, then you shouldn't do anything.
1: And well, in a weird way she's right, then she, do You
0: are absolutely right. You know, and you know, she she apologized later, but I was just like, you really don't need to apologize for saving me money. Thanks so much. Um we give brides
1: too much? I think so too, but, but it's weird it to, to say. They give it to themselves. If you're if the best day of your life is your wedding day, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. Like yeah. It should not be built up for one time and one day of your specialness. You should be special every day because you decide to be and you build a life around yourself that supports that specialness and reiterates that specialness to you. If all you have to feel special is being a bride, I'm sorry.
0: I feel the same way. And I also have to say that I no longer want to have a wedding.
1: Oh, me neither.
0: I used to, you know, like border on it, like whatever, whatever, but I wholeheartedly from being in them, from seeing what it turns people into, from seeing the way that it brings out the worst in some people, has fully decided, I no longer want a wedding anymore. Um, and it's not like, oh, you guys took this desire from me. I'm like actually happy that these things happened because I, it's something that I'm not going to put myself or the people I love through.
1: I'm going to City Hall and I'm wearing this. And I'm showing her a photo of Millie Bobby Brown. I love it. It was a child, but she's wearing an outfit that I'm obsessed with. I it's love like it. this long, puffy-sleeve tuxedo coat with pants underneath and white heels. I'm wearing this. I'm going to City Hall. It will be very sparsely attended. Yeah. Like, the most expensive thing about my wedding is going to be what I wear and my photographer. That's it.
0: That's it. I just don't want the whole song and dance anymore. I have just made that decision. Um, I, yeah, I... I'm done with it. You know, I, I fully intend to show up to a brunch afterwards completely overdressed, but I overdress for everything, so that's nothing new.
1: I love when you overdress. It delights me. There's nothing more that delights me than scrolling through Instagram and seeing an overdressed Jess picture just, like, glowing back through my screen. I love yeah, that. it's
0: like, where are you going to work? How about you? <laughs> what do you mean?
1: What's the occasion, Wednesday?
0: Yeah, I don't... Honestly, The the best thing that could ever happen to me and the worst thing that could happen to the rest of you is when my finances catch up to my taste because I'm wearing couture for literally no reason. <laughs> I will run to the liquor store in Monique Lulier. Like, we're done.
1: When we are 75, bless this planet. Like, I can't wait to see us. We I
0: will have pink hair and bitches can't take on my yacht. Like, I... Uh, listen. Me and my cats, there will be a room for them for when You're you are You're gonna have over. more than one. So Shaney is the only person in my life who I will allow to talk to me about her cat. And it is, it is a very special honor because I truly, there are people in my life who I'm like, don't show me enough fucking pictures. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> I don't believe in cats as a concept. I think that they are inherently evil, but I allow Shani to, on occasion,
1: speak about Lady Clementine III. You really should be my mom's daughter because my mom has a phobia of cats. She can't I even don't look like at the em. Skype screen when Clementine comes no. in No. No. It's, it's freaky. They're I, freaky. I understand. I understand. And everyone thinks their cat is different. Your cat ain't different. No, it's not. Do you know why I got her instead of a dog? Because sometimes I get the flu, and I don't like picking up shit off the street. That's why I have a cat instead of a dog, because I did not want my life to be beholden to someone else's bodily functions. That's why. A cat does her own business on her own time. It doesn't matter how sick I am, how cold it is outside, how much it's raining... It doesn't matter. We literally, there was a moment where we lived in Chicago during the worst blizzard I've ever seen. It buried my car, my Mm, whole car. mm. And I watched a neighbor across the street walk outside with her greyhound,
0: Mm. which is a tall
1: dog. Mm -hmm. The dog was up to its snout in snow Mm. looking up at the owner like, do you want me to shit in this? Right it was and Clem was right next to me and we were looking out the window I promise you we were both laughing like it was hilarious and then she went and took a shit in a box and we went about our day That's no I, mean.
0: I get it I still just think that they're waiting to kill you in your sleep <laughs> cats are waiting to kill you in your sleep but I support you and Lady Clementine's <laughs> long standing relationship and yes please do have a separate room for your cats for when I visit they'll be locked up thank you so much I will not deal with that which is interesting because when I was little this is a very strange thing to say but it is my truth One of my favorite movies when I was little was Scarface, and I was convinced when I grew up that I would own a tiger. Um, Big cats are fine. Small ones don't trust those bitches. So, you get a lot of shit for being a single woman who is proud and safe and comfortable being a single woman, but who also, you know, your lover has not come yet, and you deserve a fucking God of man. Can't you wait to meet him? I'm so excited to meet him. I'm you. excited to meet him too because I'm gonna put him through the ringer. Um please do. Please do. <laughs> and just like let him know how lucky he is. Um but you get a lot of not only internet trolls but real life trolls. Yes. If you are a single woman, you know what it means to be at a wedding and have people ask you when you're gonna get married, as if it's in your troll. Um, or people to ask you about when you're going to have kids and that's like super fucking personal, but people don't know any better. How do you advise people to deal with trolls, real and digital?
1: Sure. (coughs) First of all, the first step you need to take is you need to assess the age of the person trolling you. If they are what I would consider to be an elderly person or someone significantly older than you, Mm. such that you need to show them respect, you let it go. Mm -hmm, you just mm -hmm. let it go yeah diffuse like you've always diffused and you walk away yeah because not for nothing they'll be dead soon that's fine (laughs) Um, (laughs) where you need to try to make where you need to try to make the world better for the girl who comes after you is when they are one of your peers and I always try so if they're internet trolls if they're digital they're leaving me comments or commenting on my work in a way that's really negative which happens every other week I ignore them. I just ignore them. Mm -hmm. I've never written back to a comment on Refinery29. I never will. It's just, that's not my space. Um, It's really easy to ignore it, too. I read all the comments because I like to incorporate that feedback. And also, not for nothing, sometimes they've given me story ideas. So thanks, guys. Right. At the very least, they're increasing your engagement rate. So y'all speak up all you want. Right. Thanks for the cash, bitch. Exactly. The ones in person who say things that make you uncomfortable, that you're tired of hearing, that make you exhausted, that make you feel less than, that lower your worth... Um, it's really, really hard. And in the moment, if you can't do something that makes you feel good, forgive yourself for that. Yeah. Just get out of there. Do what you got to do to get out of there and don't feel bad about it. Tomorrow is another day. Yeah. If you have the wherewithal. Yeah. I like to throw it back. I like to say, what do you mean by that? That I need to love myself first. What do you mean by I'm too angry? What do you mean by I'm too old? What do you mean by whatever you're about to say? My favorite one to throw back. It's the hardest one to throw back because you don't want to make anybody feel bad just because you can. That's not my. That's not my vibe. I don't like to ever make anybody feel bad just for shits and giggles. Right. Um. But when they tell me I'm too picky. Mmm. That's best, my favorite. The best way to shut it down is to ask them if they were not. Mmm. I love the shade. Did you just? Was he just there? And that's why you're married? Right. So you weren't picky? Right. So you weren't selective? So you didn't find the right person for you? You just took whoever was in front of your face? They mean to say something like, well, it's been longer for you Mm -hmm. than it took for me. Mm -hmm. So you obviously must be worse than me in some capacity. Yeah. Why aren't you married? Yeah. You're too picky. You're too this. You're too that. I don't know who set the time frame for it's acceptable for you to be single before what? I don't know, twenty five. Yeah, anything twenty five to forever. You're not supposed to be single, right? That's as a woman. As a, as woman. a woman, as a woman. As a man, you can be talking eighty and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Another that is another podcast altogether. But, um, I don't abide by those timeframes. I don't abide by those societal structures or standards. Um. It it's not fair, and it never was, and no one gets to say that I'm too late for anything or mm-hmm. that I'm too anything for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm exactly right for my life. I'm living it. Right. I throw as much back as I possibly can where it doesn't make me feel disrespectful to the elderly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember one time I was out at dinner with like a friend of my cousin's who is much older than me. And I used to wear this, uh, yellow, uh, bobble bar band, like these yellow stones that go all the way around. No one would confuse this with a wedding. It's a cocktail ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would wear it on my left hand on my ring finger. Yeah. Because it's a finger. And I can wear rings on it. Right. And she was like, aren't you afraid that some man will see that from across the room and then not talk to you? And like, I diffused it because I didn't want to disrespect her. I was with my family. I didn't want to like cause a fight or anything. But in my head, I'm like, we live in a really sad place. If that's really what you think, I need to be worried about right now.
0: Well, and I think we can all attest to the fact that sometime to our detriment and their detriment, if a man wants you, he will come at you with all he's got. Not giving a fuck.
1: Yeah, your husband can be on your goddamn arm. It won't matter. Like, a dude who wants you will come at you. And you know, I've never had to lift a finger. Anytime I've been in love, it's been very rare. It's happened like, I mean, maybe three times in my whole life mm-hmm. that I was mutually in love with another human being, and mm-hmm. like two of those were before age twenty two. so mm-hmm. I don't even know if they count
0: well, I you know what what I've realized because people have asked me like if I've ever been in love, and I think that I have been in love for what I knew love to be at that time. yeah i I, I think I have a very vivid emotional memory. I can. If I meditate on a moment in my life, I can I can recall that feeling in my body, whether I want to or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I know what that felt like back then, and back then that was love. That was love for what I knew it to be. Now my standard now for what love is is very different, mm-hmm. you know. And I recognize there are different kinds of love. Like I love you in a very specific way that I don't love a lot of other fucking people, you know. <laughs> like, and so, I feel
1: sorry for
0: them. Yeah, you know, so that. That's valid. You know, what you felt then at that time, it's still valid. It still counts. But to your point.
1: Yeah. (sighs) I think. We get to stop letting cultural norms or societal norms or familial norms Mm -hmm. dictate how we feel about ourselves. There is a lot of breaking free that is available to you. I'm not saying it's easy at all. It's very, very hard to stop giving a shit about what your parents think of you. That is incredibly difficult. In some yeah. cases impossible. It's yeah. really hard to stop giving a shit about what your friends think of you. Yeah. But it feels so good to change the way you think of you. Yes. And it will just keep reiterating to you over time. It just keeps feeling better. There's no um there's no like like top that you reach and then you start coming down from this. It's just like you you change the the way you change the frequency at which you vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just a different way to live. And it's, it's so much, it's, there's a lot less neg- negativity to it. There's a lot less anger to it. There's a lot less stress to it. There's less, there are fewer feelings of failure all the time. Yeah. Because you just change the way you think about what you are and recognize that it was never bad to begin with. It was outside influences telling you that something was bad. Yeah. It was never really bad. Yeah. It isn't, and the more you dig into it, the more you really dig into it, this is the offensive part, is the more you really dig into it, the better it actually is in real life, the later you get married, the greater the percentage that you will stay married. Why isn't that the fucking narrative? Right. Why am I told that I'm late? Why am I told that I'm, like, too old? Why am I, like, looked down upon it with those sad eyes, like, oh, have you tried online dating? Like, bitch. Yeah. And you know that I'm not going to go to any of them when they get divorced and say, I told you so. Because that's not me. That's not who I am. Yeah, but yeah. But don't come at me with any of this negativity when you don't know perfection.
0: Or I don't think that people, people understand how big of a question it is when they, they ask you, you know if you're dating someone, why you aren't dating someone, and at this point, I've just started, I've decided that I'm just gonna start telling people it's no one special because when I say, no, I'm not dating anyone, they don't believe me, and I always get, but you're just so pretty and you're so, girl, if that's what it was about, I would've been married a long time ago. Oh my
1: god, so you're married because you're super hot? You know what I I mean? mean? Like, that ain't
0: what it is. Have you looked at couples lately? Like, girl, a lot of y'all are mismatched.
1: (laughs) I do.
0: All the time now, too. Yeah, and I'm just like... So, at this point, one of of my retorts is, you know, when I'm asked if I'm seeing anybody, just no one special, because people don't believe what my truth is, or they... People are made very uncomfortable by the truth that I'm not seeing anyone. It's not... I used to think that it wasn't by choice, but it actually is, because if I wanted just anybody, I could go out and find just anybody, but I actually value my life and my happiness and my peace and the way that I live is not a way that I'm just like anxious to give up you know and
1: you also have standards and those standards will be met because you know that you deserve them we are not out of balance with what we think we deserve we are very much in balance mm-hmm. like it's one thing if I think I deserve like a fucking yacht on the Italian Riviera I do but now it's not the time yes what I think I deserve and know I deserve right now is a very loving and nurturing and genuine relationship yeah and I'm not stopping this life until I find it because it, I was if I'm happy now I'm not going to go be unhappy in a relationship what's the point there did
0: you see so there's a Tony Morrison quote about that where it's like you know my loneliness is mine I can manage my own loneliness but your loneliness belongs to someone else I think it's Far more difficult to be alone in a relationship, and I know this from experience, it's far more difficult to be alone in a relationship than to be alone in my life. Mm -hmm. I know how to manage me, but I don't know how to make another person love me. You cannot make someone else you know like you can't barter your way into it you can't that's not your job you know and it, it makes me really sad when i look at twitter and i see you know these girls like list all these ways that you keep a man there's no way to keep a man who doesn't want to be kept i if it was all about just you know giving great fellatio everybody would be married it's not hard to give good head you know that's not what it's about if a person does not want to be kept they will not be kept it no. doesn't matter what you do um
1: also do they think that everybody just grows on trees like when people ask you if you're dating somebody maybe the response is no who are you fixing me up with Mm. do you think that they just come out of the woodwork where do you think these men come from I think
0: think that people people do do. I'm going to tell you something that my therapist had a really hard time getting through to me because she's like I need you to understand what I'm saying I was like girl fuck that (laughs) she's like we do not treat beautiful people in beautiful ways And I was like, what does that have to do with me? Like, what are we talking about here? And she's like, even if you don't see it, you need to understand that there are some people who perceive you to be a pretty girl. When people perceive you to be pretty, people also perceive your life to somehow be inherently easier. The
1: ease that comes to beauty, I see. That's not true.
0: That's not a thing. Look at Halle Berry. Look at Halle Berry. Halle Halle Berry is the one person in the world who everyone across all cultures can agree is fucking beautiful. She ain't got no (laughs) man. You know, like it—that's just not what it's about. And I think that people also kind of end up treating people who they perceive to be attractive in shitty ways because they assume that that person's life is easier. Mm -hmm. And I really want people to stop thinking that because they perceive me to look a certain way, that it means that I must have suitors lined up at my door. First of all, I'm going to give out my address, hoe. (laughs) All right? Start there. People don't know where the fuck I live. That's number one. And number two, the older I get, the more I understand what Empress of the Universe, Beyonce, was saying. in that it's very empowering to actually know what you want and what you will not settle for. When you can navigate the world being able to say no to that, hard pass on that, that ain't me, I don't fuck with that, you free yourself up so much more and you are not so inclined to devote your life to a man or a person or anything that does not actually serve you. Um, one of your podcast guests was saying you know, that she made the mistake of prioritizing relationships over happiness. And I think maybe men are taught this, but women are not taught to pursue their own happiness enough, and I think that if we looked more at what feels good to me, what can I do that feels good to me without anybody else, you know, like that is life changing, and I wish that more of us would raise our standards so that those of us who do have standards weren't looked at like fucking vampires. (laughs) Because I feel like just the expectation for a text to be responded to, it's like, how dare you? You know, like, it's like the bare minimum. Like, the, having an expectation for the bare minimum, you kind of get looked at like you are asking someone to cut off their arm. And
1: that is fucking rough. We were raised as women to be grateful for everything that we get beyond grateful. We were taught to be like, to give double back. Forgetting whatever we get.
0: Forgetting the bare minimum. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's not the way to live at all. That that we don't have to live at the bare minimum. We don't have to live being happy with the bare minimum. We don't have to accept dick pics. We don't have to accept ghosting. We don't have to accept a text back two days later and it's one word long. But we also have to pair that lack of acceptance of all that horseshit with action. Mm. You have to block him if that's what he's doing. Yeah. You have to delete the app if it's not serving you at all you have to stop being available for the guy that pops back in every six months because he just wants to fuck you Mm. like it has to be paired with action not not just because like that's what you need to be throwing back out at him or anything but like it needs to be paired with action for you so that you can see after taking that action for yourself the world did not end yeah he was not the last man that's ever going to be interested in you. you know that's what the fear is i think
0: we don't want to let go of guys who we know are bad for us because we think that's the last possible man and it's like girl google what the world's population is right now
1: there's a lot of guys out there
0: like a lot and i promise you like there's probably better dick too mm-hmm. anyway um on a much less serious note i know you had anxiety over my fashion question but my fashion question is always very easy and fun So here's your scenario. Okay. Um, You visit Paris regularly. I do. One of the reasons I love you. Um, You are such a Francophile. I love it. Um, Let's say that Tracy Ellis Ross has invited you to Paris for two weeks to help you, well, to help her write a short memoir. You only have two weeks. You only have one carry-on bag. What items are you putting in your carry-on bag? How
1: dare you?
0: First, I know one of them is your fucking leggings that you're obsessed with.
1: Yes, the Spanx faux leather leggings, absolutely. Um, God, that's such a hard question. I've never packed for two weeks in my life. It has to be. I I mean, like, it can be beauty products. It can be writing, whatever. I'm trying to think what my staples are. When I travel abroad... My my style is very different from when I'm at home. Yeah. Not today. I would wear this in Paris in a heartbeat. But yeah. I'm wearing comfy clothes today. Um, but I decided a long time ago, I've learned this through traveling a bunch, is like I can either be comfortable or cute mm. when I travel because I'm like, I'm walking 10 to 15 miles a day. I'm out of my hotel all day long. Like, it's raining. I have bangs. Like, there's just, like, logistics that have to happen. And your bangs are iconic. Go ahead, though. Thank you. I cut them myself. Um... <laughs> So I would say a beautiful pair of jeans, and now I know that that probably comes from Universal Standard. I have found my size in their denim. Have, Yay! We have arrived. Congratulations! I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Oh my god. Um, permanently bloated girls have trouble with jeans. Um, <laughs> I would say some very good white t-shirts. I would say I at home I love a good like cozy cardigan or whatever, but like in this setting, definitely a very very strong blazer. Mm. Um, footwear is always going to be either a really good sneaker or a really good chunky heeled ankle boot. I have some foot issues, which is why that's all I have. I don't wear heels or I can't wear flat sandals. I can't wear a lot of shoes. I have to either wear like a sneaker like this with like a hidden wedge or a chunky heeled ankle boot. Mm. That's basically all my feet can tolerate. Are you extremely flat footed like me? No, I have bone spurs. I don't know what that is, but fun. Go ahead, though. Yeah. Um, what else? Like, I don't, it's, I live a very different life than I used to. I don't know what to wear when you leave the house at night. I don't have night clothes anymore. I don't have go-out You clothes. know what I love?
0: I love the concept of going-out tops.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, you remember that? With, like, a pair of black pants and, like, a going-out top. Like, that was a moment.
0: No, do you remember? At, we're so slightly missing each other a little bit age-wise but don't you remember when we in the early 2000s when we would just put on a boot cut jean and like a kind of lingerie like top that was flowy and the biggest fucking necklace you could find
1: and what were we all thinking we were thinking that we looked good that's what we were it thinking. was trash well, it was trash but it was also a good time i'm
0: trying to remember who the person is who equated maybe megan mccain to a
1: human going out top what are we supposed to wear at this age? I don't know. I was, I don't know. My friend was like, I'm, I'm going down to New Orleans to visit, visit my best friend. And she's like, what if we had like a night? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. I can't wait. But privately, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to wear? I don't have like, I don't do this. Like I don't have to go outside So anymore.
0: I think what I realized about myself on this journey of like learning myself and what feels good to me I feel good when I overdress it's actually Mm. hard for me to dress down Mm. um and I just have decided to lean into it so when I go out it's not necessarily that I'm like wearing very like club clothes I'm just wearing what feels very like glam or comfortable or whatever to me yeah and I kind of you can also do a very good face and I think that Thank you. that leads so much. It does, and that's why I keep trying to
1: like tell people,
0: like, oh my god, like putting on makeup,
1: like what? Like it wouldn't have the same impact if you put on a furry jacket if you didn't have a face done to go with it. You know, it just it makes
0: the glow pop, and, and I'm all about making my glow pop. I mean, you know, amongst other things. Anyway, um, Shani, tell the audience where they can find your work where they can connect with you. Um, y'all can't be her friend because she's my friend. And I, I take ownership, okay? I am possessive. But tell the people where they can find you within bo- um, boundaries.
1: Within boundaries, yes. Um, I, you can read most of my work on Medium. I am there. I write there all the time because that's not a place where I have an editor that I have to convince to let me write. Um, I'm putting links and everything in, in the episode description. Amazing. ShanySilver.com is really easy. I'm on Twitter, kind of. I mostly just... I'm kind of like a restaurant tweeter. Like, while I'm waiting for someone to meet me at a restaurant, that's when I do my best tweeting. Ah. Or a live red carpet incident is also yes. just, and that's just fun for me, that's like, that's like a sport to me. It is. It's just, it's, so, it's how we met. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what else do I have in the world? Those are really the key, I mean, if anybody is listening that is like, that any of this single shit is resonating with them, or mm-hmm. they want to, like, have more community around being single in yes. general, and I don't care where you live in the world that you're listening <coughs> to this, um, I have a Facebook group that has sort of been bringing people together on yeah. this topic, yeah. and you can find, so my podcast is called The Single Serving Podcast, and the Facebook group has the same name, mm-hmm. so you can find us that way. There's like 1,500 of us now. We're all over the world. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, and I encourage you to come in. We basically just post photos of our pets and our cheese boards, and you're welcome to join us. The cheese boards? We love a good board.
0: I have just gotten into the concept of charcuterie because I always found it really intimidating because I was like, there are just things on there that I'm not sure if you should eat, but you know, <laughs> once I really allowed myself to lean into the fact that I'm country as fuck and really love assaulted and cured meat, mm. I mean, my world, I can't even. Um, so, thank you guys for listening. I hope this resonated with someone. Happy Valentine's Day. If I, I hope it's not triggering for you, I hope that you see that you are a bad bitch with or without anyone. And go listen to some Trina, some early Trina work and just, you know, feel the vibes. Like I support you all and I'm about to go drink some more. So thank you, Shaney, for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. This is an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait for you to reprise your role on my podcast as well. Girl, me me. <laughs>
0: okay, bye guys.